Hey, last couple of weeks, we've been in, the, in our I am, I am series. Emily did a great job with uh, I Am the Light of the World. These are statements that Jesus made about himself. So this isn't like kind of open for interpretation. Did Jesus really say this or whatever? Um, also, we did, David, no, no, David did it for bread. He actually made the bread, which was excellent mm -hmm. illustration, by the way. We got to actually eat the bread, which was good. Um, but before that, we did I Am the Bread of Life. And tonight, we're doing I Am the Gate. Or some translations, I'm going to actually use this translation tonight, say I Am the Door. Okay? And we're going to talk about what... Um, what that really means is so I'm going to try to stay real sharp and focused here because we are going to be short on time a little bit tonight. Um, first of all, when you look at, at this, this statement by Jesus, it comes in the context of something they were very familiar with, was sheep and shepherding. Okay? Now, if you can accept this tonight, I hope you can. I kind of got a funny little slide coming up here. You are the sheep. Everybody look at the person next to you and say, Sheep. 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 You are the sheep. I don't know. Anybody, anybody know Sean the Sheep? I love Sean the Sheep. Me and my kids love Sean the Sheep, right? He is awesome, by the way. So we are all sheep, and Sean would give you the big thumbs up on that one. So if you can live with that analogy, knowing that sheep are not the smartest animals in the world and uh, need constant care and watching and all that good stuff. Um, so we're all sheep, if you will. I'm going to skip the part about the sheep gate around the wall in Jerusalem right now just to kind of save some time. That was not necessarily key to what I was going to share with you anyway. But this is what's going on. Here's the context. Anytime you read Scripture, you need to know what the context is, right? You don't want to just take one Scripture verse or two Scripture verses and just take them out of where they are in the greater story and think, okay, I understand everything there is to know about it. And so here's quickly the context of what was going on at the time that Jesus says, I am the gate or I am the door. The religious leaders at this moment are angry at Jesus because He did a miracle. He healed a blind man, but the problem was he healed a blind man on the Sabbath, and they've got all these rules and regulations about what you can and cannot do on the Sabbath. And so they're very upset with him during this time. And so Jesus begins to turn this on them. And even in this moment, his disciples are kind of little not understanding what's going on because the blind man, the disciples say this about the blind man. They say, hey, Jesus, paraphrasing here, they didn't say, hey, Jesus, you know, like get there. My goodness, what's going on? Way to go, Sean. Man, that's a great voice, buddy. Um, anyway, it feels like it's coming right out of Sean's head back here. Um, so his disciples are going. They see this blind man. He's been blind since birth. And they go, hey, Jesus, who sinned? This man or his parents or his family? Right? So the equivalent, what they're saying is he's blind because he's, he's a sinner. He was born a sinner or his family sinned, and therefore that's why he was born blind. That's how they were thinking about it. But Jesus heals him, and the religious leaders call this man in. They're interrogating him. How did this happen? Who did it? All this kind of stuff. And then they bring his parents in. They're like, what happened? They're like, oh, I don't know. He can talk to him because they didn't want to get in trouble either. And so everybody's being interrogated because this man got healed on the Sabbath and broke all the religious rules at the time. So they're upset with Jesus. And so we pick up in chapter 9 of John, verse 39, Jesus said, For judgment I have come into this world, Whew. that those who do not see me see may see, and those who see may become blind. So he's playing off of this moment. I'm not saying he's playing around with it. But he's turning it around for them to understand something very important. So to this, the Pharisees, the religious leaders nearby, question him to see if he thought he was saying 
They were blind. Now, we're ta talking about physical blindness now, right? We're talking about spiritual blindness. So the religious leaders are like, whoa, wait a minute, Jesus, back up. Are you saying you're, that we're spiritually blind? Is that what you're trying to say? Because if it's so, this would be a great insult to them. They're the keepers of God's Word. They're the keepers of everything related to the temple and how people access. They're the keepers of the door, if you will, to get to God. And so if, what, if they're understanding Jesus right in this moment, and they should be, this is what He's saying. He's, in a sense, what they're hearing is, they're, Jesus is saying, you're lost. You are spiritually blind, even though you're trying to lead the people that you consider spiritually blind. And in verse 41 of John chapter 9, says, Jesus said to them, If you were blind, you would have no guilt. But now that you say we see, your guilt remains. So what Jesus is telling them is, is when you say we see, you declare that you don't need saving. Fits really well with what Stephen just shared. was a tremendous job, by the way. That was really powerful, Stephen. Thank you for sharing that. That your sins are forgiven. This is their religious leaders thought. The sins are forgiven by what you do and the status you hold rather than the forgiveness of God. It's like, hey, I, got, you know, I am who I am and therefore God's got to honor that. That's kind of their stance. In other words, they're saying we don't need God. We don't need forgiving. If you recognize your spiritual blindness, though, it puts you in a place of forgiveness. It puts you in a place of declaring your need for God, and that's the right place to be in order to actually be able to have your spiritual eyes opened and see. problem is they don't get it, even after he explains it to them. And so in chapter 10, this is where we're going to get the I am the gate thing. At the beginning of chapter 10, he explains the situation to them figuratively. He's using shepherd motifs. He's like, sure, I mean, I think, obviously Jesus knows they're not going to get it, Right? But I think sometimes I, if, if I put myself in Jesus' shoes, I think I'd be just pulling my hair out. Like, hey, we're talking sheep, we're talking shepherds, we're talking blindness and it's getting to see, and you guys just, just blowing it. You don't get it. And so he shares with them that people are like sheep, and he is the shepherd. In a couple of weeks, David is going to be talking about I am the good shepherd. That'll be the next I am statement. And then he likens the religious leaders to thieves who come to lead people away. But they still don't get it, so he explains it this way, John chapter 10, verses 7 through 9. So Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you. First of all, whenever you see Jesus say truly, truly, pay attention to that. That's an extra emphasis added in there to say, Hey, 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 everybody, look here. Focus. Listen to this. This is important. You have to get it. And so again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep, or the gate, if you will, some translations. All who come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep do not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone, anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. Now, I got a quick slide up here for you. What it, we're talking about here when we talk about a sheep's pen. So what we're talking about is a place that sheep are kept, that Jesus is the gate or the door to get in through. Everybody good with that so far? So it might look something like this. A lot of times they use stones and they stacked them, could get as high as 10 feet high. And then they, a lot of times they would take thorns or thorn bushes and they would put them all on the top so they would make it even more difficult for predators to get up and over if they even tried it. They'd get into all the thorns and think twice about coming through. A lot of times they would put some type of wooden door here, hence the word door and gate here. 
and this would be the access point to get in if they were caught out in the open. So this would be one that you would have in normal areas that you would keep sheep, right? But say you had to go far to get grass for the sheep to eat and you couldn't get all the way back to this pen, sometimes they would go out and cut thorn bushes and they, they would make walls out of piles of thorn bushes and then put the sheep inside that to protect them. And some wouldn't have a wooden door and it would just be an opening and in that case, the shepherd would sleep in the doorway. Would just literally stay right there in the doorway so that anything coming in would have to come through the shepherd. Real fast, two things we get out of this. They did this so that the sheep wouldn't wander off. Right? Sounds simple. Sheep are dumb. Okay? Yeah, I called all of us in the room dumb tonight, right? Because I said you were sheep. And just remember showing the sheep. It'll be positive. It'll be good, right? Um, they wander off. Here's the thing. Sometimes we can be a threat to our own selves by going away from our best interests without even knowing it. Just wandering off, thinking, hey, I'm just going to go and do and make, and, and, and i got no parameters for it, but I'm just going. Kind of the idea we think of progress, right, is always moving forward. But think about this in terms of progress. Are you really making progress if you're going forward in the wrong direction or if you're going forward away from the actual thing that gives you life? Think of it in terms of a sheep. If a sheep's going this way, but all the grass and the water are that way, he's not really making progress by going that. Is he moving forward? Yes, but in the wrong direction. And in that sense, progress is actually to stop, turn around, go back to where you got off the right track, and begin again. So sometimes it can be good to go back. But we don't always recognize that, that we're going the wrong, the wrong way at times. Secondly, when you look at these sheep pens and why they exist, that, so that they could keep safe from external threats, the sheep, right? Jesus wants to keep us through His Word, through His Holy Spirit, through each other and the accountability we provide for one another. Many different ways this plays out to keep us from external threats that might harm us in some way. I learned a really cool word. If anybody likes study animals around here, I have a history degree. I don't know anything about animals, but as I was studying this, I came across a really cool word, crepuscular. Anybody know what crepuscular means? It doesn't mean anything like it sounds like it will mean. Wolves are crepuscular. Wolves are the greatest threat to sheep, right? What that simply means is they like to hunt at sunrise and sunset in low light, right? So now when you think of that in terms of sheep, when you think of God, Jesus being the gate to the pen... And why the pen even exists to begin with is that they're going to be in there at night, right? And when the daylight comes and the wolves tend to slack off and quit hunting for the, for the morning, then they can be released out into the pastures and go find food and water, right? And on the back end of the day, get the sheep all back into the pen again before, low, before dusk and low light, and you know the threats are out there once again, and so they have a place to be safe one time again. All right. You may be familiar with Jesus. We're going to hit this in a few weeks with Brooke. Um, one of the other I am statements, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I'm not going to get into it, but it ties directly into this one, I am the gate. If you haven't noticed it yet in week three, that all these things actually overlap and integrate. All these statements Jesus is making about himself, it's almost as if he's, you've got a holograph of Jesus and he's rotating it, right? I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the gate. And he's kind of turning, he's giving you a little different picture of himself each time he makes a statement.
And the way is tied in here. We're going to jump out real quick to Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 through 14, because it ties together with this imagery, and there's a point I want to make out of it too. It says this, Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many, for the gate is narrow and the, na- and the way is hard that leads to life. And those who find it are few. Here's what I want you to get real fast. We're going to move through this pretty quick about this this gate that is Jesus himself. But think of it in terms of that picture I showed you about the pen and the threats and the opportunities and all this. First of all, the gate is singular, right? It's not gates plural. He says, I am the gate. And in the sense of a sheep pen, there is only one. So when he says it's singular, when I say it's singular, there's one way in and there's one way out. Secondly, the gate focuses the destination. Okay? Jesus narrows it down to say there's only one place we need to go to to be safe, to flourish, to be saved. Reducing the options or the confusion so that the sheep don't wander off in all kinds of other directions thinking, well, maybe I need to go there and maybe I need to go there. And what happens is they get scattered, isolated, and therefore become vulnerable to the threats around them and certainly are not with their shepherd. Thirdly, the gate secures the location by offering only one access point and therefore giving peace and rest to those that are on the inside, right? Even with no door, the shepherd sleeps in the doorway and anything coming in to get the sheep has got to come through him. Jesus is your protector in that sense. The gate is selective. It allows control over who gets in and who does not kind of like a bouncer at the door, if you will, right? At a, at a nightclub or whatever. Or I, I get this picture of like, anybody ever watch like Roadrunner and Co- Wile E. Coyote? Anybody ever see those? Like Wiley with like a sheep, like a fake sheep thing on, trying to sneak in through the door with all the other sheep as they come in for the evening. But the gate is selective. It's narrow for that reason. This may sound silly to you, but the gate opens and closes. So this isn't a one-way deal where I'm just going in, but I'm never coming back out again. Freeing the sheep because it opens and closes, at certain times of the day it allows the sheep then to move into places of food and water and nourishment where they need to be. Here's the thing. If you choose to enter through Jesus, you must also go through Him to leave as well. I don't know if you've ever thought about this. If you choose to follow Jesus, the idea that I'm just going to pick up and leave at some point and say, you know what, I'm done with this. Jesus is not going to let you go quite that easy. Right? He's going to be in your path. He's going to be in your way. Maybe to be in the form of somebody you know that's been praying for you and caring for you and been a friend to you. But He will always be in your way as you try to leave. He won't stop you if you really are determined to do so. Jesus understands that the threats to our well-being, He understands the threats to our well-being better than we do. I know this is true about myself. Maybe you know it's true about yourself. You know why? Have you ever said this before? Why in the world did I do that? Right? Oh, I, I, oh, I, something, how about this one? Something told me I shouldn't have done that, and then I did it anyway. Right? And something didn't go well. We have all said those phrases in some form or another at different times. It means that in those moments we're really acting like sheep. We're like, man, why didn't I know that? Everybody knows that, but I did it anyway. 
Sheep will just wander off. They have no sense of threats around them. They have no sense of where to go to get food. I mean, they're just doing stuff, right? Sometimes we just do stuff without really having a sense of what's out there or where we should go. And when you say something told me I shouldn't have done that, you can say it's your conscience, you can call it what you want. But in following Jesus, I find that's the Holy Spirit's direction informing me, trying to get my attention. It's kind of like Jesus being in the gate, being in the door, and you're like, I'm going out. I'm showing the sheep, and I'm heading out where I want to go, right? And he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Before you go out there, it's getting about dusk now, and that's when the, the animals are out looking for you. But we go anyway sometimes. So that's the Holy Spirit's direction informing you of something you've either ignored, dismissed, or misidentified as a threat to your spiritual or your physical well-being. And that's what happens when we do that. We're just like, I don't know why I did that. I knew better than to do that. Something told me I shouldn't have done that. But if you enter the gate, if you enter through Jesus, His gate, you will be saved from the wolves, so to speak. What wolves? The wolves of sin that condemn, shame, and bring death if unchecked. What else do you find if you enter the gate? Forgiveness will be received inside the sheep's fold. When you choose to enter by Jesus' way, then forgiveness is received inside. Protection in the darkness and the low light times, which basically means the high threat times in your life. When you're vulnerable. I, used to, I heard a guy one time say, he's like, man, I go down and I work with drug addicts like downtown Atlanta all the time and I got no problem. He, but he said, if you ever see me in a strip club, come get me. Because I have lost my mind, right? This is a vulnerable spot for him, as it would be for most guys. Come get me then. The high threat time. So protection is there should we choose to enter the fold with Jesus. Company in the lonely night. Think of the sheep there at night. They come in for the evening, and now they have, they have numbers. They have company. Warmth in the cold of forgottenness and, and isolation. I say this all the time, but you guys don't... Maybe you do realize it. I hope you do. There are so many people that live on our campus right now in the midst of 30,000 people that are alone, that feel isolated, that feel forgotten, even though they've got sweet mates, they've got roommates. They desperately need to know the care and love of Jesus that each of us have within us to express. It's interesting, the timing on that one. I spent about two hours last night to about 11 o'clock talking with someone in East Lansing, Michigan. He's an alum out of our Chi Alpha group. He was that person that was so lonely and so isolated and so rejected by his family, he jumped off the fourth story of Hojo one year when he was here at Carolina. And God miraculously spared, miraculously spared his life. Not so much as a broken bone or a scratch or anything. Now he's getting ready to plant uh, a campus ministry at Michigan State University in Lansing, Michigan. Yeah, some of you are looking at me because you know him. He was isolated. He was alone. He needed somebody. And he found Jesus. He found the comfort of, of the hold. The other thing when you enter through the gate is you find peace and rest from anxiety and stress of the day. How many times have we heard lately the rise of anxiety disorders in our culture today? Stress. We all feel it, right? Whether we actually have a diagnosed condition or not, we all feel it. And Jesus calls us in. 
Matthew 11, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Here's the thing I want you to get tonight. I'm trying to speed it right here to the end. Entering the gate is not just so we can live comfortably and securely with our salvation until we die. Right? It's not enough to say, hey, I, I love Jesus. I go to church. My life's good, solid. I'm just going to hang out until it's time to go. And that's what it means for me to be with Jesus, to pass through, in, pass through His gate and to be with Him. There is comfort to be found in knowing that Christ the gate came to die so that I may have life. But not a, simply a life of existence, but a life of abundance in Him. When I mentioned a moment ago the door opens and closes, when you read those first set of verses we read in John chapter 10, He talks about in the back end of that, He leads them out. Right? So this isn't just about salvation, the destination you're going to, He's talking about. Yes, but it's a yes and. In the meantime, He's saying, you're going to walk with Me every day. You're going to be with Me, and I'm going to lead you into places where the threat is reduced. I'm going to lead you into places that you can be nourished, that you can grow, and you can be strengthened, and you can live abundantly. So it's not just about salvation that you live out later. It's also about a living, living abundantly in Christ right now. And that's mentioned in John 10, chapter, chapter 10, verse 10, where it says, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. If you think following Jesus and entering the gate and entering the pen is just a get-out-of-jail-free card, then you're missing the boat. Right? Does, do we want everybody to be saved? Yeah, we just celebrated four people this past weekend at Fall Breakaway that got saved and dedicated their lives to the Lord and entered through the gate. But that's just the beginning of the journey, right? Now you're going to live. Now we've got to figure out how to, how to be out in spaces with people every day and live abundantly. To not go in through the fold, though, can leave you vulnerable. You run the risk of getting lost and cut off from the source of life and becoming unprotected and isolated against those that would threaten your, your well-being. I'm going to give you four things, and then we're going to break into groups, and we're going to do two questions. Okay? Real quick. This isn't a preaching time here. Uh, four things. First thing. There is eternal security only with Jesus. The gate is narrow. There's only one of them. And so there is eternal security only with Jesus. Secondly, there's help for today, right? It's not just about salvation and eternity in heaven, if you will. It's about right now as well, both. Thirdly, there is safety from your threats being with Jesus. Does that mean your life's going, if you follow Jesus, your life's going to be smooth? Nope, it's not going to be. Bible also says, remember context, you're going to have trials and tribulations. There's going to be difficult things, even if you choose to follow. But you do have someone as a shepherd that you can trust in all situations. Fourthly and lastly, the gate is selective. It's individualized. And the point I want to make about earlier, the verse that's going to be shared much later in the teachings in a few weeks about the gate being narrow is this. You might look at the gate being narrow and hard to find and hard to get through as being restrictive. But here's what I think, and this is not my original thought, but I, I like it, so I've stolen it. So there is my confession there, okay? It's not restrictive. It's narrow because each person individually must choose to go through it. 
In other words, it's not some big giant entrance that thousands of people are just going to blow through and you don't even know who's coming in the gate. Every single person has to choose to go through into the gate, through the gate to be with Jesus. So it is a personal, personal choice that we all must make. And that's the gate. 